Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist Podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today, before we launch in, I've got a quick advertisement break from Tracy Brown and Associates in the US. Friends, does it seem like I'm okay until I'm stressed, then I can't stop eating. Am I ever going to stop binging? I just can't slow down or relax. I can't tell my hunger and fullness, even though I think I'm eating enough. I'm fine with food till something happens, then I'm restricting emotional eating or not buying groceries again. And I surround myself with body positive pictures, wearing more comfortable clothes, but I still can't stand my body and I fear gaining weight. You don't lack knowledge, you might just not have a full sense of safety inside you for recovery efforts to fully land. This means you might be living in chronic fight, flight, freeze or please, and you need new experiences of the threat responses softening that cause the eating and body image issues in the first place so the recovery can actually stick. If you're seeking the missing piece in your food, weight and health recovery journey, consider trauma-informed nutritional counseling with Tracy Brown and Associates. Tracy can be reached at www.tracybrownrd.com forward slash get hyphen started. Link is in the show notes to learn how to shift what has been too much or not enough inside for food to feel easy. Okay, so everyone, today I'm going to talk about Christmas, a bite-sized episode, and I'm going to talk about three situations that can be quite triggering at Christmas around family and people and food and eating and how to navigate these. Because I know many of you listening are really, really worried about Christmas. It's something many of my clients have been talking about over the last few weeks, and I know it can be such a challenging time of year. So I hope I can impart a bit of wisdom, give you a few skills and strategies and a bit of confidence to be able to navigate your way through all of this. So number one trigger, people talking about their eating plan, regime, diet. Okay, now this is such a problem, isn't it? In diet culture, people unconsciously spew out conversations about food, dieting, body image, weight every single day. And I think most people in society haven't always joined up the dots. So even if they know that you've been struggling with an eating disorder, they still might not understand that talking about dieting and all this stuff is really triggering and unhelpful. They just don't see that things are connected. Now, obviously, as we've become more empowered, we can actually educate people and kindly tell them when this is unhelpful, but sometimes this is really difficult and sometimes they're not ready yet to be able to hear this. So it can be massively triggering. And I think in the past, it used to probably be more kind of Weight Watchers, Slimming World, Diet Club talk. But I think recently it's been more kind of in the wellness space where it becomes even more confusing and triggering. So perhaps people talking about intermittent fasting, maybe Tim Spector's Zoe app where people, you know, can find out which foods are particularly their best foods to eat and then eliminate some, etc., etc. All the real focus on the gut microbiome. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't focus on the gut microbiome as part of self-care, but I think for many people, it becomes like an obsessive thing that they're kind of like, you know, thinking about. They're making like so many kind of obsessive and, um, you know, very rigid choices around their eating. 
it's a whole set of rules, I guess, and it's probably sometimes falling into a disordered eating space. So if you're struggling with an eating disorder, you don't want to be around these people who are eliminating food groups, going hours without eating, or evangelizing about the health benefits of eliminating certain foods or including others. It can be massively triggering. So I guess what to say, if you recognize that you might be in this situation, you have absolute permission to stay in your recovery lane. Don't get into these conversations, walk away, okay? If you are able to set boundaries, kindly and politely tell people that you don't wanna talk about these topics, okay? Change the subject, be proactive if you can. If people are ready to be more open to some of the conversations about how some of this stuff can be really triggering, you could actually talk about it. People might not be ready yet though, they may just be in another whole landscape basically where they're not able to recognize how some of this stuff can be quite disordered. So what you need to do is absolutely protect yourself, put your earplugs in, put the blinkers on to comparisons, stay in your recovery lane and get really rooted in why you're doing what you're doing. You know, remember why you're doing this, okay? It can feel so seductive to get pulled into other people's eating regimes, what they're doing with food, but actually you've made some decisions about what you're doing for your recovery. You need to stay rooted and honor those decisions that you have made for yourself. You do not need to be derailed or thrown off track by someone else's likely wellness fad, okay? Because so many people, they'll be on these kind of wellness fad plans for a few weeks and then they'll be abandoned and they'll be onto something else. So you don't wanna be derailed by someone else's temporary kind of, you know, navigation into all of this when you're really trying to do some good recovery work. Okay, number two, people around you not eating for hours and then maybe eating volumes of food in one go, top down with lashings of alcohol. Now, I think if you have a healthy relationship with food, if you're going for a long time without eating and having some alcohol, etc., it doesn't really matter, okay? There's no judgment here. But I'm, I guess if you are struggling with an eating disorder or you're in eating disorder recovery, actually trying to emulate what the people around you are doing is probably not gonna be really, really helpful. Because an eating disorder recovery, if you go for long periods without eating, and then maybe you start hitting the alcoholic drinks, then maybe suddenly loads of foods are available that you don't normally eat, it may not end well. You're much more likely to launch into binge eating or other disordered eating behaviors, or you might even undereat or overeat. It's probably gonna be hard to get the balance right, okay? Because for any of us, if we haven't eaten for a long time, we start drinking alcohol, we are really, really vulnerable to undereating, overeating, not kind of having the best relationship with food. And I think, as I've said in a way, if you don't have an eating disorder and you've got a peaceful, healthy relationship with food, it doesn't matter, you know, you can kind of go with the flow, but if you're an eating disorder recovery, you probably just can't go with the flow in quite the same way yet. And I think yet is the key word. So instead, keep going with your regular eating. Fuel yourself throughout the day, even if other people aren't doing it. And this is true whatever body size you are. I think sometimes people think, oh, I can only do like my regular eating if I'm underweight. No, 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 okay? 85% of people with eating disorders are not underweight, okay? It's really important. Whatever size body you are in, you still need to fuel yourself and do your regular eating, okay? It doesn't matter if other people aren't doing it. Then if you're doing your regular eating, when your Christmas dinner is served, 
you know, you can just include your Christmas dinner as part of your regular eating plan, you know, but then as well, you're not going to be absolutely starving. You're much more likely going to be able to eat to hunger and fullness. You're far less likely to kind of go crazy around food. You can just treat it like any other meal. Whereas if you haven't eaten all day, you're so much more vulnerable to losing control, perhaps getting kind of digestive issues, not feeling great, panicking about eating, feeling overwhelmed, whereas regular eating is gonna put you in that good old stable place where your physiology is much more stable, you're feeling much more rational, you're not feeling so rigid. Okay, so you need to just do that for you as part of your self-care, it doesn't matter if other people aren't doing it. Okay, and number three, people offering you food all day. So I think this can sometimes happen at Christmas, can't it? You arrive somewhere and they're like nibbles out and then people are handing around the quality street and then the mince pies and it's just like constant, constant, constant eating. So when you're in eating disorder recovery sometimes as well, it can feel as if you have to eat all the food that is offered, otherwise you're not doing recovery properly. Now this isn't true, okay? You can make choices and feel empowered in how you're taking care of yourself. So I'm not advocating like not having the quality street or not having the mince pies as a means of restriction, but I'm saying that if you've already had your mid-afternoon snack and you're genuinely not hungry, you don't have to eat the additional chocolates being handed around. Now, if you choose to because you're still hungry or just because, hey, it's Christmas and you want to enjoy and share and socialize, of course you have 100% permission to tuck in, but make it a choice make it an act of intention and self-care rather than a panic decision, a rabbit in the headlights where you feel forced to comply and fit in. So if you're going somewhere for the day or you've got people coming around and you have got lots of nibbles around and lots of extra food, again, include that in your regular eating plan so you know in a way that you, you have permission to eat these foods, that you can enjoy them, but it also will help you have some structure and stability around these foods and give you a sense of control. Whereas if you feel like food is just coming at you all day and that you kind of can't say no to it, it's gonna feel overwhelming, you're gonna much more likely feel that you've blown it and then kind of go to extremes of undereating or overeating and it's not gonna put you in such a helpful place. Okay, so I hope that has given you just a few kind of permission slips really to take care of yourself at Christmas. So whatever other people are doing, look after yourself. You have 100% permission to do this. Okay, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're not following me already on Instagram, do seek me out at the eating disorder therapist underscore. And for further support with your relationship with food, do go to the eatingdisordertherapist.co.uk. If you enjoy this podcast, I would be so grateful if you follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening and I hope to be releasing another podcast very soon. Sorry, got a bit tongue-tied there at the end. Merry Christmas, everyone, and I shall be catching up soon. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.